This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski, and for t- today's podcast, we are just a day away from the NFL draft. And Thursday, tomorrow is round one of the draft, probably one of the most important first rounds in a very long time for the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a few correct picks away from this team getting either beat in the divisional round again or to getting to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl. That's how important this draft truly could be for the Green Bay Packers. So I want to go through some options for the Packers to decide what really is the way to go for the Packers here in the draft tomorrow. Option number one for the Packers would be to trade up for either wide receiver Jameson Williams out of Alabama, cornerback Derek Stingley out of LSU, or safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. We have a history of seeing Brian Gudikins trade up for guys he loves, including Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, and even Jordan Love. Gudikins has a guy he likes, and he will make moves to go and get him. And I think Jameson Williams could be that guy at receiver. And what makes Jameson Williams special is just the fact that he has stupid, insane, through-the-gears, speed type of acceleration. It might be the best we've ever seen come out, come out. Not only that, but he has a level of understanding at the wide receiver position, okay? He plays with defensive backs blind spot. He makes moves where they can't see. He has a phenomenal understanding about how to play the receiver position that most people with his athletic ability usually actually don't understand. He does fight the ball. He doesn't have the greatest ball skills, which isn't ideal, but other than that, he's amazing, okay? And one of my favorite statistics uh, that came out was that Jameson Williams actually has the third highest open rate on staple routes. So these are routes that the NFL most commonly runs, okay, uh, in college. Okay, so that's pretty good. But more importantly, though, he is the number one explosive play rate of all the receivers coming out of the draft this year at 32%. In addition to this, he's a menace after the catch, ranking number one in yards after the catch per reception on those staple targets in his college career. He didn't get much playing time at Ohio State, but as a 20-year-old junior transferred to Alabama last year, he had a 22% target share, which is really phenomenal. So I think Jameson Williams' floor is Will Fuller, um, and I think that's what Jameson Williams could add to your football team probably right away. And probably more honestly, I think Jameson Williams could be a lot better than that. Okay, he's one of the youngest receivers in this draft. He just came off a phenomenal season at Alabama, and I think Jameson Williams has a lot more to his game than Will Fuller does. To me, Jameson Williams is the wide receiver worth trading up for in this draft in the first round. Then, after Jameson Williams, there are two players who possibly may fall down draft boards for very different reasons, and that's Derek Stingley, cornerback out of LSU and Kyle Hamilton safety under Notre Dame. So Derek Stingley, uh, 
the Packers already have three corners they love. I get that. Why would they trade up for another? Well, because Stingley has the potential to be one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. That's why. Stingley had the best season in college football at cornerback as a true freshman, 18 years old, shutting people down. He's also insanely athletic. He put up freaky numbers at his pro day without even trying after having a major injury all of last season. The last two years, he didn't try as hard. He had some injuries that held him out of games, but I don't think that is a concern. I really don't. He knew where he wanted to be, but he couldn't be there because of college rules. He couldn't come out into the NFL early. So to me, Stingley is the second best player in this draft just after Aiden Hutchinson. And if I were the Lions at two, I would be drafting him there. But because of injury concerns, because of character concerns, this guy could fall down draft boards. But he's a top five talent. And same with Kyle Hamilton, but for a very different reason. A few months ago, Hamilton was the top top-ranked player on most people's draft boards. Nobody has seen a better natural player at the safety position since Derwin James came out. So Kyle Hamilton, he's six foot four, 220 pounds. He looks more like a linebacker than a safety, and he just turned 21 years old and only played three seasons at Notre Dame. He's become a better tackler every year in college, always around the ball in coverage. He has the versatility to work all around the field. And even Bruce Feldman recorded him running 21 miles per hour on film last season, which is super fast, even though his athletic testing at the combine was subpar. And it's that athletic testing that's really the only thing holding this guy back from being drafted higher than this. And obviously positional value. The safety position is not valued very much by the NFL. And it's over overall, it's not the most important position out there for sure. If one of these three players are available for, let's say, I think the right spot is pick 11 to me. It seems like the spot where the Packers uh, would wait long enough to be able to trade up to go and get one of these guys. They would need to trade in front of the Minnesota Vikings because they would be on because the Vikings would definitely not trade with the Packers. And I think the Vikings would want all three of these guys on their roster. So a team like Washington at pick 11, maybe looking to trade down, maybe acquire more picks with a lackluster roster roster at the moment. And this would be a way for them to do that. Okay. All three of these players are very young. Jameson Williams, the best deep threat in this draft, can do so much more than that as well. Closest thing we might see to Tyree Kill without the off-field issues, honestly. Derek Stingley truly has the potential to be the next Jalen Ramsey. The Packers love to play press coverage last season, and they could be even better at it with Stingley out there as well. We saw Brian Gutekinds trade up for Jair Alexander even after his final season in college wasn't that great because the year prior he was elite. This is the same situation for Stingley. Then Kyle Hamilton, this is a blue chip player. The film doesn't lie. And the Packers are in need of another safety on this roster. And the Packers, I think, want to be able to use Darnell Savage in other ways. This would allow them to do just that and have the chance of a Derwin James type of player. And we saw Gutekinds trade up for a safety before in Darnell Savage. But all three of these players may have already been drafted by pick 11 or maybe Washington or other teams won't want to trade out of that selection. So in that case, we might have to move to option two. And option two is draft the receiver that falls down the board. There have been mixed reports out there that there could be eight receivers actually drafted in the first round, which is insane to me. But also there's been reports that the NFL is not as high on this receiver class as the media. So it's Those are very conflicting ideas. So most mock drafts, I'd say 80% have Jameson Williams, Drake London, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson all drafted before the Packers pick at 22. Now, if one of these four guys falls to you, there I could see the Packers making a move and drafting one of those guys. I think that's an easy, easy choice. If 
if Chris Olave's there, if Drake London's there, even though I'm not as high on those two as I am Jameson Williams and Garrett Wilson, I think you still take those guys at 22. Okay. If they're there, you take them and they're just, they've shown a lot more. The consensus is a lot higher on those two over my next two receivers in Sky Moore and George Pickens. Now, option three, let's say those, the, we can't trade up. No one's willing to trade up or those guys are drafted. Uh, Option two is out of the way. Drake London's gone. Chris Lave's gone. Garrett Wilson's gone. Jameson Williams gone. Option three is try to trade out of the first round. Brian Gutekind stated in his, in his presser this week that there is a lot of conversations about move, moving both up and down this draft from both sides. The reality is that the top-end talent in this draft is, is really not there. But in the second round, I think that's where the true value lies in this draft class. I think there are a lot of second-rounders you will be able to draft that I would like much better than the several guys who end up being selected in the first round on uh, Thursday night. Like, for example, if I go through the uh, consensus draft board, if I look at the board here, I see Lewis Seen, pick 33, amazing player. I would love him on our team. Uh, 39, Bernard Raymond. Uh, 40, Travis Jones. 41, Jalen Petrie. Uh, 46, George Pickens. 47, Tyler Smith. 49, Christian Watson. 50, Sky Moore. 53, Perrion Winfrey. Uh, and 59, Drake Jackson. Of the next 32 players off the board, I just listed like 10 guys who I'd be so jacked to get. And those guys are all being right now rated as second round quote type of players. And so if you can get those guys in the second round and you can get more second round picks and be able to move around and do more damage and acquire more picks, that might be the way to go because I think a lot of those second rounders aren't that different than those first round uh quote-unquote first-round talents or guys that will be drafted in the first round. And there are several teams with multiple second-round picks, like the Jets, like the Bears, Seattle, Atlanta, Chiefs. Um, There is so much talent in the second round that I just feel like if you can get one of those teams to trade up or just take the best trade available to move down, it could be great. I think even there's there are players who are consistently right now being mocked out of the first round, even though they're top 15, 20 players uh, who I see as incredible, incredible talents like Edge George Karloftis out of Purdue, center Tyler Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. Um, these guys are top players in the draft, and yet uh, the they're falling out of the first round because for whatever reasons, and I just think that's wrong. And so if you can get a team like Jacksonville to trade up at pick 33, the Lions at pick 34, the Jets at pick 35. If they want to trade back in the first round, make it happen because there's a lot of talent here in the second round. One of those top two guys, there's going to be four or five guys who should have been drafted in the first round that are going to be there at the top of the second. And that's a, that's a big deal. On top of that, most of the receivers I like now are being mocked higher and higher to teams. When the Packers are up to pick, like I just talked about, in option two, um, probably Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Jameson Williams, all going to be gone. And the next two receivers drafted probably will be Traylon Burks or Jahan, Jahan Dotson. And I really don't like those guys. The value for the receiver position of the guys I like left are guys like Sky Moore, George Pickens, Christian Watson, who are the 45th, 47th, 50th overall players. These three guys I would want to have. Uh, Christian Watson, not as much as I used to think I'd like him. Uh, I haven't come around to him. I looked at a lot of his, his tape and I just, he just didn't have to do anything special to win. And it doesn't mean he can't be special. It's just, 
it's freaky to see him play against such bad talent in college and that he just went, he basically just won on deep routes or in jet sweeps in college. He didn't really win anywhere else. I wish I could see the senior bowl film and every single rep there. Cause I did see a few reps and they were incredible. And so I, I go back and forth, but Christian Watson is a little more concerning to me than it used to be. But anyway, Sky Moore, George Pickens, I think both those guys are first round talents, but they're not being valued that way by the overall consensus board. Okay. And so you don't need to draft them in round one. They will guys who should be available in round two. The Packers should take the best trade offers they can so they can use their draft capital to move up and get as many guys as they can in round two specifically. That's, I think, the next best option if the rece- those top four receivers are gone. If you, can't, if you can't trade up, those top four receivers are gone. Trade out of the first round is a great, great move. But that might not be an option. The Packers might have to move on to option number four. And so let's say the Packers can't trade back. I think the Packers should draft an athletic freak. Okay, this is something, this is a mix of what I think and slash also what I think Brian Gutekinds would do. Uh, And I think the athletic freaks I would like to mention are interior defense lineman Jordan Davis out of Georgia, safety slot cornerback Daxon Hill out of Michigan, and Bernard Raymond offense tackle out of Central Michigan. Gutekinds loves athletic freaks in the first round with players he's drafted like Rashawn Gary, like Jair Alexander, like Darnell Savage, Eric Stokes. As the list of first round players Gutekinds has taken a chance on and every single one of those players is an insane athlete in one regard or another. And Jordan Davis, Bernard Ryman, and Daxon Hill all fit that bill. Bernard Ryman, Central Michigan offense tackle, not only does he fit a hole on our roster, but he was the second highest grade off a tackle in the country last year. More importantly, he's insanely athletic. 89th percentile burst score, 90th percentile agility scores, two scores that mean a lot towards becoming a very productive NFL offense tackle. Then Jordan Davis, 100th percentile speed score, 92nd percentile burst score, 6'6", 341, long 34-inch arms. To me, Davis is really similar to that Rashawn Gary pick a few years back insane athleticism didn't have the production in college but brian gudekins believes he can develop these guys and then finally daxon hill slot cornerback safety out of michigan hill has elite speed some of the fastest in this class elite short area quickness 88th percentile short shuttle 98th percentile three cone on top of all that he's just six foot tall but he has this wingspan almost identical to kyle hamilton's at six foot four which makes him even more effective in coverage Hill is not a liability as a tackler either. Hill is honestly a one-of-a-kind player. Reminds me so much of the type of selection Gudikins made with Darnell Savage a few years back, but maybe even more athletic. So option number four, they draft an athletic freak that's just on the board and they take him. Option number five, you can't trade back. Maybe these three guys are gone or maybe you're at pick 28. Just draft your favorite receiver. Okay, at 28, if the Packers really did draft a receiver here, I would expect that to be my number five, number six receivers in Sky Moore and George Pickens. To me, I'd prefer drafting Sky Moore if they did. This is tough because I think both George Pickens and Sky Moore are first round talents, but we talked about this earlier. The overall consensus draft board says differently. They're saying, hey, these are the 47th, 50th ranked players. These are guys you can get in the second round. Okay, and if you overdraft players you reach on draft picks okay those players usually have a far less likelihood of being successful i did a huge study over the last uh the 2019-2020 nfl drafts followed every single player and went back to say hey would the general general managers uh 
do this again? Would they make this pick again if they were to have a reach on a player? Um, and reaches rather than steals on players, so players who are underdrafted or overdrafted, there's almost a 50% difference in your success rate, your hit rate on players when you manage that difference, okay? You want to be, you want to take as much data as you can. You want to take all things into account. And one thing is that, hey, when you're overdrafting players, there's a very lower chance of that player being successful. You can get lucky, but other times it doesn't work out that way. Um, the overall consensus draft board should be a tool that's being used. And if you are a team that is overdrafting players consistently, your roster will over time become worse and worse. And as less and less draft picks are reaching the potential you had thought they would. So can't be overdrafting players, but option number five would be to draft one of these two guys earlier than they should be drafted. Yet I still think they both are first round talents. And then option number six, my final option is you can't trade back again at pick 28, okay? And you draft a quality player that is being undervalued, okay? We spoke on these players earlier, but in many mocks, very talented players like Ed Rusher, George Karloftis, center Tyler Linderbaum, consensus top 20 players are falling down draft boards. If the Packers cannot trade back from one of their first round picks, this may be their final option, which still is not bad. These two guys are amazing talents. Tyler Linderbaum has the talent to become the best center in the NFL over the next 10 years. We've not seen a player grade as well as him in college on the offensive interior offensive line for as long as he has. Okay, and then George Karloftis, he's a true junior, just 21 years old, insane lower body strength, truly just two full seasons under his belt, could immediately be a starter as a 3-4 defensive end in our defense. Both of these guys, if we settle for anybody, these would be the guys to settle for. As they both will become very talented players in the future. I would even include uh, off the tackle Bernard Raymond again into this list because he's the 35th ranked player. Not as many people are as, as high as on him as I am, as uh, one of my best resources is, Pro Football Focus. And uh, also I'd include sock cornerback Jalen Petrie in this mix. Petrie is one of the best run stoppers in college football last season. But he did that at slot cornerback. He can play both slot cornerback, dime linebacker. He's that good. He has the talent to develop into a great safety in the NFL as well. He would immediately be able to make a difference from day one. So I think the Packers have to consider trading up to start this draft. See if it makes sense. Okay. So many teams want to trade down. Brian Gutekinds has to see if, hey, can we get a bargain, move up, and acquire um, for a team that wants to acquire more picks? The Packers have 11 picks already in this draft, which is a lot. So they probably want to use those to move up at some point. If that doesn't work, though, we got to move on to option two. Okay. Hope one of those receivers falls to you. If that doesn't happen, then try to trade down if you can. There might be some teams looking to re-enter the first round to draft QB or move up for whatever reason. If you can trade back, that would be ideal as day two is where the best value is in this draft. If that isn't an option. Then I think the Packers should draft an athletic freak, a Jordan Davis, a Bernard Ryman, a Daxon Hill, all the potential to be special players because of their athletic giftedness. And we've seen Brian Kudikins uh, take chances on those players before. If that isn't the answer, if that none of those guys are available, drafting a receiver, Sky Moore, George Pickens, wouldn't be the end of the, end of the world. I do think they are first-round talents. Just the consensus does not. So the value wouldn't be great. Finally, if none of those are options, then take a top 15 talent in center Tyler Linderbaum or edge rusher uh, George Karloftis, both of, both of which will have a long, promising career in the NFL. Even Jalen Petrie is an option. 
is I say all these guys' names out loud. There really isn't a place the Packers can go wrong with the options I have provided. Okay. What the Packers, I really don't hope they do, is draft either receivers Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, or draft interior offensive lineman Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green. I'm not a huge fan of those guys. Or an edge rusher like Jermaine Johnson, any linebacker, interior defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt, or even safety Jaquan Brisker. All of these guys have something in common. A player I like so much more. Instead of Dotson or Burks, would much rather have Sky Moore or George Pickens. Instead of Zion Johnson or Kenny Green, I would much rather have Tyler Linderbaum. And there's so much talent in rounds three to five that I think it's the value is so much better there. Then instead of Jermaine Johnson, would much rather have George Karloftis. Or at the end of round two, get a guy like Drake Jackson. There's no linebacker worth drafting after signing Devondre Campbell to his long-term deal. And the safety we should be attacking is Daxon Hill to me, not any of these other guys, okay? And then interior defensive lineman, Devonta Wyatt, he's very old, uh, but not old in a good way, like Bernard Raymond old, because he's only played the position for a couple years. Um, and I would much rather have a guy like Perion Winfrey at the end of round two than getting uh, Devonta Wyatt. Or, and obviously, I'd rather have Jordan Davis. So there are a lot of ways to make opening night of the draft great for the Packers, but there are also a lot of ways to screw it up. Hopefully, the Packers can draft well and use the consensus board to their advantage to have a very great Thursday night. And we will give you updates on how that looks, my thoughts, and our thoughts into Friday in rounds two and round three. After the draft, I will probably send that podcast out early Friday morning so you guys can listen to that before the draft on Friday. But that's all we have today, folks. Make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast, and tell your friends about Packers Now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.